Welcome to the Medical Mnemonist Podcast, brought to you by Med School Coach. Each episode, take a journey into the top techniques for medical mnemonics, study skills, board exam tips, and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary individuals. We are going to start another mini-series here on the Medical Nemesis Podcast, and this mini-series is on the MedEdge method. So we created this for Read This Before Medical School initially. It was a collaboration between myself, some physician colleagues, and some education colleagues, and it was really directed towards a study tactic or process to follow within the board exam test prep section of your studies. And we're going to get into that particular part of the MedEdge method in a future episode, but we decided to expand on this and kind of use a process-driven way to explore other materials and to guide you on your studies and make sure that you're doing things in the most efficient and goal-oriented manner possible. So in this particular episode, this first episode of the miniseries, we're going to dive into how to find the most high-yield study resources. This is a question that everyone receives all the time, whether you're a student or a physician, an educator. Students love to ask, what is the best resource? And the simple answer is, it's not that simple. The truth is, there are a wide variety of resources, and they touch on different aspects of different learners' strengths and weaknesses. So not every resource is going to work equally for all people. I know it makes common sense, but whenever you see someone ask, what's the best resource for microbiology? What's the best resource for pathology? This just kind of pops into my mind. Well, what are you actually asking? What is it that you want to learn? What is your goals for this particular topic? And then we can better discuss which resource might help you attain those goals better. I know we've covered multiple times in past episodes and in Read This Before Medical School for those that have purchased it in the past, the different learning types. And a lot of you will know this as the VARC learning methods or learning preferences for visual, audio, reading, and kinesthetic. And the simple fact is, which we've mentioned many times in the past too, is that's not really a great way to approach this material. Because the learner's preference, let's say mine is video over reading because of my dyslexia, doesn't mean that that's actually the best material for you to learn more. So let's go into this a little bit more. We know that every learner has different preferences, and we all have different strengths and weaknesses, different personal abilities, and different past experiences that we can build off of when we're building our knowledge base out. We also have different financial resources. Some students can afford to purchase some of the more expensive resources out there, others not so much. And I know that torrenting materials is very common in medical school. I'm not going to touch on to that right now, but the point is there are a lot of different considerations in the resources you use, and the main aspect you need to consider, in my opinion anyway, is not the price and not what other people say about it and not the popularity of it, because popularity does not equal quality, but what is going to work best for you? And to do that, we need to find out more about what you want. So let's first dig into our internal resources and internal goals before looking at external resources. This requires a little bit of introspection. You need to be aware of which aspects are better for you and not as effective for you. 
And this doesn't mean that, oh, I got through this amount of material, so it must be better. No, what is the quality of your education when you're done with the material? What do you remember afterwards? How thoroughly and deeply do you understand the material afterwards? And if it is easy, it's unlikely that it's going to reach a deeper understanding and a deeper knowledge growth than if it's harder. And I know we've covered this in past episodes with deliberate practice and the fact that when learning is easy, it's usually not as effective. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be fun, but if it's easy, it's not as effective. Next, you really need to set your goals for that particular resource or that class or whatever it is that you're studying. Is it just to pass? Is it to get an A? Is it to understand as much as possible about the material, which doesn't necessarily correlate with your grade in the class? You can have an A in certain classes and still not understand the material well. Grades are really diverse depending on the instructor, depending on the institution. So if your goal is just to have a high GPA, well, then you're going to want to base your resources off of knowing that instructor and knowing what they get their test questions from and knowing how they think. If your goal is to have a deeper understanding of the material, more comprehensive and long-term knowledge, you're going to want to look for different resources potentially and implement different study tactics, which we'll cover more in the next episode. And then once you have your goals set, once you've spent a little bit of time to really figure out what is your goal, which most of us don't really think about when we're talking about a class-by-class basis, but once you have that goal, then you can make a plan. Okay, I know that I want to learn a lot about this material. I want to remember it in the long term. Maybe I want to go into a specialty based on this material. Then I'm going to need to plan out my resources and my study activities accordingly. So let's consider that section sort of the internal resources, a little bit of looking inside yourself, the introspection, setting your goals based on what your end goal is. You have to plan your short-term goals based on your later goals too. And then making that plan, actually writing it out, writing what it is you're looking for and how you're going to get there and what you're going to do when problems inevitably arise. Then the next section we want to focus on is just more awareness of our activities, this ability to notice when we're attentive to our resources and our studies, then we're going to be able to shape better how we adjust later on. So a lot of times we'll use a resource that a lot of students maybe or forums have said is a great resource. In fact, First Aid has a list in the back of the book, at least they did a few years ago, I haven't looked at recent editions, that would grade different resources on an ABC grading scale. Now, you can use an A-plus resource and learn nothing, and you can master a C resource and excel on your classwork and your boards. And this is often due to, at least in part, our attention level. What is distracting you? What other obstacles mentally or physically or environmentally are getting in the way of you paying closer attention, of you really focusing on the material. Were you tired one day or sick or otherwise incapacitated? Was your mind drifting off into what you're going to do later that night or maybe that weekend? Were there a lot of computer distractions and phone notifications, email notifications going off? These are all things that play a part in our attention, and it's obviously going to hinder our studying for that particular day, but really when you think about it, it's cumulative. If we're not correcting these mistakes earlier on, then we're losing a little bit every day, every week, every month, and after several years of that inefficiency, it can really add up. So 
I would recommend taking just a, a few moments, especially after your next study session, to sit down and think, what was I thinking during this? Was I focused on the material or was I distracted? And how can I correct that? Did I have notifications going off, a loud environment, any other outside physical distractions, environmental distractions? If so, how can I fix that next time? Correct these early on. Get in the habit of having efficient study resources and study habits will add up a lot over time. And let's say that afterwards you can't notice any inefficiencies there. It was a quiet environment. You were focused on the content. You turned off all of your computer and phone notifications. You were not checking social media during your study period. And you're still struggling with some of the material. Well, then you would need to look more at the actual study tactics that you're using. Are you using spaced repetition, spaced rehearsal? Are you utilizing other evidence-based techniques or mnemonic techniques that we've covered in the past? And that's going to be the focus of the next episode too. So don't worry, we'll get back into that again and summarize some of the key findings that we think you should really pay attention to. One way to really determine this is, did you feel like you understood the material at the time? right after answering a Q-bait question or after completing a chapter in your textbook. Did you think you knew it? Well, at the time you understood it, it wasn't too complicated, complex, that you needed to search for extra resources to explain that resource. Well, then maybe it wasn't the material, the resource you were using, but yourself. Maybe it was the fact that you didn't implement proper study techniques or that you weren't as attentive as you should have been. But of course, if at the end of it, if you were well-rested, you were not distracted, and you're still having trouble understanding the material, then it's definitely time to look for another resource. Then and only then is it really worth the extra time and effort to go find another resource and to start over because you don't know if that new resource is going to be any more effective. But if the current one you're using isn't really matching your abilities to learn, then look outside of that. Okay, so now we've really covered some of the basics here, which are often overlooked by students, just because we think it's innate, we're going to find this information some other way. But we've covered the financial differences and personal abilities, learning preferences, really finding out what your long-term goal is. Is it for the school grade? Is it for the board exams? Is it for skills mastery? Finding out if our attention was actually there, or if we were constantly distracted, if our mind was wandering, or we were physically not in our best shape at the time. But then how do we go about actually finding resources? Of course, student forums and social media are ablaze with different recommendations. A lot of times your instructors will have recommendations too, and you'll even receive recommendations on podcasts such as this. Now, there are a few things that you want to consider. And one of them is if they're not saying the pros and the cons of the particular product, then that might be a red flag that you at least need to do a deeper dive before just taking someone's word for it. Because often we don't look at some of the failures of a particular product or a particular resource. And then once we start using it, after we've spent money or invested time in looking into this resource, then we find out, oh, wow, I really don't like that this doesn't have enough charts or maybe has too many charts. Whatever it is, that doesn't really work for us particularly. Again, I said before that First Aid has this grading scale for some of the resources they recommend. And there are probably a few other resources like that out there. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But 
it's important to find a mentor, someone that is a little bit more advanced than your knowledge, not too much more advanced. And this is why sometimes physician recommendations might be a little outdated if they haven't been keeping up with the new resources, which are coming out new every year. So it's really hard to do even for students, but maybe someone that's just a year above you and make sure that they have some of the same learning techniques or learning preferences that you do, that they learn in a similar way to you. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult to use the recommendations for your own benefit. But also make sure you have the same goals. If your goal in this class is just to pass because you don't think it's very important later on or it's low yield on a board exam, but their goal is just to get straight A's because they want to be on the dean's list, your conflicting goals means they're probably not going to be a great mentor for that particular class anyway. And if you have to, you can always go and find professional help. You can pay for mentorship and tutoring services. We've interviewed quite a few tutors on past episodes that you can review and find someone, again, that is going to learn like you, that has similar goals to you. And then you can begin to question them about what resources they recommend and why. And that will be a much better guide for you than just some random conversation on a forum or social media post. Now, for long-term listeners of this podcast, you've probably heard me say multiple times in the past that really it's more important to pick one resource and master it than to pick multiple resources. And that's a mistake that I did. I'd like to look at all the different resources, see the similarities, see the differences. But that took a lot of time and it prevented me from really forming mastery over that particular material. I recently read the book Essentialism by, I believe his name is Greg McCone, McCown, and I like the term he uses to really simplify the world. Doing less, better. So we can implement this too in medicine, in our studies, in life activities as well. By doing less, but being of higher quality at that task, at that resource, at that skill set, we actually benefit those around us a lot more and we get a lot further. So I would say do this in your studies. Find a resource and really master it. You can pick a C resource and master it and do better than someone that takes three A resources and just has cursory knowledge over this material. Remember that not all of the material is going to matter and that you can't do everything. There's just not enough time to go over all of the resources out there. So once you go through the processes we've already discussed, you determine your activity level, your financial abilities, your attention span, and you've found maybe a mentor or two that you can ask questions for and get some recommendations for resources, stick with that resource unless you absolutely have to change, unless you're absolutely failing to benefit as much as you had hoped from that resource. Stick with it, put in the extra time, make sure that you're putting in the effort. And remember, effort is not always going to be fun, but that's how we really learn properly, learn well. So I want to say that there's a quick homework assignment I want to give you, but first key takeaways is really that we're all unique learners and you have to set your goals first. You have to keep the end in mind, as we discussed in our seven habits of highly effective students episode. And you're going to want to test out a few initially, possibly, just to see what the different materials offer, but eventually pick one, stick with it, master it. Don't keep switching resources. It's just not really going to be beneficial for your limited amount of time. So do less, better, and it'll save you a lot of time and stress in the long run. So homework 
for this particular episode. And we're going to give you a few more homework assignments over the next couple of study sessions. So if you listen to the recent medical mnemonics miniseries and you want to continue using the same journal that you used for those homework assignments, go for it. But after your next study session, whether that be 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour or two hours, just take maybe three to five minutes afterwards to reflect on how it went. Quiet time, no distractions, no phone, no TV. Just sit and think, what was my mindset? What was my attention level? What distractions happened? What can I do better next time? And jot these down. It's good to note these because we'll often forget them within a few minutes after the study session. But if we start noticing them, start jotting them down, it's kind of like a gratitude practice. It builds up over time and you get to see similarities from day to day. Maybe this distraction happened one day, but this distraction is happening almost every day. So we really want to focus on limiting that one or eliminating it. And the second part is to determine your real goals for the material that you're studying. Create a list of resources that you might think about using, and then notice which ones of these resources might be better for your actual goal. Not just in general learning, not just because it was recommended by an instructor or someone on Reddit or someone on Facebook or whatever, but which one actually matches your particular goal for this class. So write those down. Keep doing this after each study session if you can. The more you do it, the more you'll start noticing similarities or start noticing things that really stand out that you can correct. It's very easy to be oblivious to our day-to-day -day lives when it's hectic, when it's busy and stressful, especially as it has been the past year or so with COVID. But jotting these down in a journal will really keep you aware of your surroundings more so than you probably were before. So those are the two simple exercises for this week's assignment. And next week, we're going to go into actual study skills that work and how to use play to increase your learning. The Medical Mnemonist Podcast is powered by Med School Coach. To access Med School Coach services, including USMLE tutoring and residency admissions advising, visit our website at medschoolcoach.com. Good luck as you prepare for your board exams, and we hope you tune in again next time.